Chronicles, the podcast for Scarecrow and Mrs. King fans. Today, I am joined with my friends, Taya Johnston, Lexi Fima, and Jen Peterson to discuss episode number 23 of season two, Vigilante Mothers. So season two, episode 23, Vigilante Mothers, aired May 13th, 1985. It was filmed and shown 23 out of the 23 season two episodes. The director was John Patterson, who also directed season two's Double Agent. He started directing in 1978, and he directed right up until his death while working on the HBO series Carnival in 2005 at the age of 64. Oh, I loved that show. No, I was wondering if anybody had seen it. I loved it, and nobody watched it, and it was canceled really quickly. Is it because he died, though, maybe? Because, I don't know, it, it went right well, maybe not, but it seemed like it got pretty good ratings on there, but... It was, it was a good show, very... Disturbing, but good show. <laughs> I was wondering about that too. I saw it. The story was written by Rudolph Borchert, who also wrote season two episodes Playing Possum, Charity Begins at Home, and To Catch a Mongoose. He also wrote season one episodes Waiting for Godorsky, Filming Roll, Fearless Dottie, and Weekend. After a writing career that included many episodes of Chips, The Rockford Files, and The Greatest American Hero, his last writing credit was 1987 with an episode of Spencer for Hire. He died in 2003. So for guest stars, I'll start out by talking about Daniel Davis, who played Robert Castile, the evil womanizer in this episode. He also plays Tony Martinet in season three's All the World's a Stage. This is probably an episode listeners have seen many times, as Amanda and Lee's first kiss happens in that episode. In, char- in character for season three, he's big on plays and has acted in nearly every Shakespeare play and many musicals. He's also an accomplished singer. He was born in 1945 and started acting in 1974. He's an Arkansas native, but he is probably best known for playing British butler Niles in The Nanny from 1993 to 1999, where he is apparently well known for reenacting Tom Cruise's underwear dance in a classic moment for the TV series. (laughs) I guess you've never seen it. Yeah, I guess that was like his credit. It I'm gonna have to funny. watch it now. It was yeah. That character was a great character. Yeah, it was. Like, that was the best part of the nanny. Well, you know, he doesn't have a natural British accent, but apparently his was so good that he's giving other actors advice. Oh, really? Um, you know, British actors advice on their, on their accent. That's amazing. <laughs> so, he also played in several soap operas early on. First in the daytime drama Texas, which I hadn't really heard about. Never heard of it. It was a spinoff from Another World, where he played Elliot Carrington for all of those episodes. He also played Harry Thresher in Dynasty. And one thing I didn't know, he was captain of the aircraft carrier USS Enterprise in The Hunt for Red October. I'm going to have to go back and look at that because I love that movie. Yeah, I don't remember him being in that. The Hunt for Red October is in Portland. Did you know this? That submarine is docked on the Lamette River two miles from where I work in a museum. No way. Hmm. Yeah. Can see it coming tour it and everything that's the one that they used in the movie uh his last role was in 2016. he seemed like he had a very diverse history in acting and in plays and singing so interesting guy i want to add something in for daniel davis so 
for uh, when Daniel Davis was on a film when they were filming the, this episode, they actually interrupted filming so that they could announce that Scarecrow had been picked up for a third season. And Daniel Davis said that Kate came over to him and said, "Hey, you're our good luck charm. We'll have to make sure that you're on our next uh, season finale." And so that's why he's on season three season finale in All the World's a Stage. And then he said something like, yeah, they didn't ask me back for the fourth uh, season finale and look what happened. <laughs> that's pretty good. Yeah. That's funny because it seems like he's perfect for All the World's a Stage giving, you know, his, oh, for sure. his yeah. experience and stuff. He probably loved that. Mm-hmm. Shakespeare, which he is. Yeah, he is uh, the, an absurdist, so very, very different than uh, Shakespeare, but still cool. So the second woman Robert took advantage of, Jean Kersley, was played by Sandra Faison. She started acting in 1952 in the soap opera Guiding Light, and then moved on to Another World. She is best known for playing Dr. Beth Carell in The Edge of the Night, which ran from 1983 to 1984, and Mankey Gromick in The Days and Nights of Molly Dodd. She also played in many episodes of Anything for Love in 1989, and her last role was in Party of Five in 1997. I think she was also a model. So next on our guest stars list, uh, Patricia Wilson played Mrs. Duquesne in this episode, but also in season two, episode nine, A Class Act. She also plays Miss Peaver in season four, episode 13, Promises to Keep. She also played in The League of, of Their Own and The Nutty Professor, as well as other various TV roles until 2000. Who was she in A League of Their Own? I do remember her in A League of Their Own. <laughs> I'm sorry, yeah, who, who did she play? What was her character's name? She plays Miss Duquesne. She's the one, like, are you talking about in the movie or in this episode? In the movie. Oh, uh, which movie? A League of Their Own? Yeah. That I don't know. Okay. Who's on first? Oh, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I can look it up if you want. <laughs> Hang on, I'll look it up myself. I didn't go quite the distance on that one. Sorry. I think she was just one of the baseball players. So, Sergeant Jenkins was played by John Davey, who interestingly played Captain Marvel in the mid-70s show Shazam, which just came out as a movie. He played in various TV roles until 1987, including The Rockford Files, Barnaby Jones, and two episodes of The Rookies, one in season one and one in season three. Mrs. Courtney, she was the Screaming Housewife leader, was played by Doris Balak. She started acting in 1947 and is known for playing Judge Margaret Barry in Law and Order. I think I remember her from that for a long time. She also starred in the movie Tootsie and Golden Girls. She was acting up until 2008 and passed away in 2011. She seemed like she was very involved in the acting community. Yeah, she's one of those character actors that's in like everything. Yeah, I can see her as a judge. Yeah. Seems like she would, you know, be good at that. Mm-hmm. A lot of people have passed away. I know. I know. <laughs> Sad reading these things. Yeah. But it's almost like we're kind of going back in history. Yeah. And, and looking at these actors again, which is kind of cool. So the last guest star I'll talk about is Terrence McNally, who played Leonard Fletcher. He started acting in 1977 and played in mostly single roles in several TV series, including Mark and Mindy, Knott's Landing, L.A. Law, and Matlock. He also comes from a soap opera background. Lots of soap opera actors in this episode. With roles in Santa Barbara and several episodes of The Young and the Restless as Dr. Robert Lynch. 
and that was in the 1990s. And I can see him as a, as a soap opera doctor, actually. Yeah, totally. His last role was in 2006. You know who he looks like? Who he reminds me of? Dr. Oz. Yeah, he kind of does. <laughs> now that you say it, that's all I'm going to see. Mm-hmm. Can you see it? I can see it. Yeah. It just came to me that, yeah, he kind of does look like Dr. Oz. In this episode, a dangerous nerve gas is stolen from a government lab, and Lee teams up with Amanda's anti-pollution group to uncover the culprit. So we are at the Federal Ordnance Laboratory in Ashford, Oregon. And in case you didn't see it in the titles, they're very good because they show you it on a sign. And it's all just neatly done on a sign. No admittance, Federal Ordnance Laboratory, Ashford, Oregon. Okay, if anyone's curious, there's no Ashford in Oregon. There's an Ash land, okay. which is a big uh, actual theater Shakespeare type of town. Hmm. But I believe this is Umatilla. We have the Umatilla Weapons Armory in Oregon, in Eastern Oregon, that stored nerve gas from, um, like, the Japanese from that war. And that we war. were in charge of incinerating it. World yeah. War II? Yeah. Actually, I think it was several wars. I wow. see that war. But I think it spanned through history where all, like, three different nerve gases mm-hmm. stored out there. Wow. And uh, they all had to be incinerated. And meanwhile, the town of Umatilla was very much at risk from an explosion or so yeah i'll just add a little organ history there that this is actually accurate in terms of we get all the nerve gas the country doesn't want <laughs> <laughs> well that's so nice of you to keep it restored away for us we appreciate that however sorry you're blowing now <laughs> two components and one safe it's it's just all bad all the oh, time so that it's just all bad true. oh well it would be smarter to have it split up like that but, well, yeah. and that's some sort of magical chemistry that they created for this yeah, show. Yeah, exactly. Because that exist. <laughs> I know. Yeah. You can stabilize it a little bit, but yeah, no. That's funny. Well, so we get to see uh, this scientist come out. And I'm curious, if she doesn't have a badge because it's stuck in the reader, how does she come out and then get back into the building without having her badge? The security guard got her back inside. Yeah, but she could. She walked out not knowing. I mean, she didn't maybe know that he was out there. Maybe he's always out there. She knew help was out there for her badge. I don't know. <laughs> I, I I rationalized that she knew there had to be somebody outside. Otherwise, then why would? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, she's clearly working in cahoots with Castile, so this right. is part of the. I know, but I'm just saying plan. it's like she's just coming out of there. But I, he, he knows I'm trying to distract from her a horrible outfit. Okay. It's horrible. It is practically up to her breasts. The skirt is up to her breasts. No, that is not an empire waist type skirt. That is a cheesy. It's not the most flattering outfit. It is not the worst, especially for the 80s. And for a dowdy scientist, it's perfectly fine. (laughs) What? I said for a dowdy scientist. There are lots of scientists that are dowdy. I and mean, there are Jen, you work with her, I'm sure. Other quite a few. But not in Oregon. <laughs> not in Oregon. There, there's no hot uh, scientist in Oregon? <laughs> That's hilarious. Now we've pissed off some of our audience. <laughs> okay, so no, she just walked in, opened the door, and got, got in. She didn't. Well, she needed to get into the other. Yeah, so th- th- it's so secure that they don't even have a badge reader out on the outside, was my point. There's 
lots of that going around. <laughs> like, no cameras at all. Like, I know surveillance, video surveillance was not as popular in the 80s. Right. But you were think a high-tech facility that has chemicals that can kill people? <laughs> there might be some video surveillance. She's she's not ugly. She's pretty. She actually is pretty. She's just very um, demure and very... They, they're making her... Like, I I'm surprised she doesn't have big try. glasses. No, I know you didn't. Yeah. I'm just saying she, just seeing her there, she's she's not dowdy. She's just, um, I think they just making her look. We're dirty. She's trying to be working with their gas, okay? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So like the nanny, the nanny face. butler is getting it on. Yeah. <laughs> Niles is getting some nookie. Yeah. He's a, he's a method actor when it comes to kissing. Yeah. Yeah, it's like, damn, man, you look like a big giant bass. His mouth's so big and open, like, I'm going to eat you. (laughs) So Castile is obviously using some, you know, using women here. Her, uh, she's quite the example of, you know, somebody who probably doesn't get a lot of attention and sexy time. Um, you know what I mean? Yeah. So he's using that. He's giving them this spark, this passion, you know, and in turn, he's using them. Mm-hmm. And obviously they're paying the ultimate price. Yeah. Everybody needs love. <laughs> in, um, so one that's, of very, those, that's very poetic. One of Jen. the scripts that we have for this episode, um, it was actually titled The Spy Next Door, Not Vigilante Mothers. Yes. Um, it's a final draft dated March 4th, 1985, and it's full of differences, chock full of differences. One of the main ones is in the beginning, the female scientist has no appearance, so they added her in. Oh, she's to, not in here at all? I think to emphasize that he's a real womanizer that he uses. A womanizer, a womanizer, a womanizer. Okay, here we go. Let's move on. <laughs> Isn't that a song? Isn't there I a song? Think, I think you're right. Okay. Yeah. I'm definitely not right, but yeah, that is correct. <laughs> so, yeah, she just bit the big one. Yeah. Literally. Uh, he used a silencer and uh, shot and killed her. Mm-hmm. She looked very surprised. Yep. I think she was thinking she was going to get some nookie. I think so, too, especially after he ate her face. <laughs> Can you imagine you kiss somebody and then you're like, oh, in a minute here, I'm going to kill you. So I guess I better make it a good kiss. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, man. We didn't really talk about this, but we should... Should we have like a little, I don't know, a goodbye party for Amanda's ugly hair? <laughs> no. Goodbye hair. Goodbye. goodbye. I watched Farewell. It, um, I'll be just saying goodbye. Good, wait. Goodbye. Goodbye. Farewell. So I'll be just saying... It's so long. Farewell. Oh, there it is. Thank you. I was like, I'm getting, I'm using goodbye twice. So long. Farewell. Avida saying goodbye. We hate your hair. Now grow it out during season three. Yeah. <laughs> Hiatus, please. <laughs> I needed some help there, Miranda. Where were you, man? <laughs> Game bad. over. I needed some help with the lyrics. <laughs> no, it's it definitely Jen. You're right. It is getting a little longer, but it's still just. I watched it with Julia, my best friend, and she said, "What the hell happened to her hair?" And I'm like, "You don't even know. We've been talking about this for like ten episodes now. Like, I, can't, I can't talk about it anymore. Just know it was. It's a travesty. She didn't like it either. Yeah, it was just a bad time. It was just a bad <laughs> That's time. so funny. She's so beautiful with her longer hair. I know. It really is. 
And, you know, and there's moments where she still looks beautiful with her hair. Even with the short hair, that's just sure. how much, how beautiful she is. However, it just isn't, it's not her awful. It's, it's her least best look. Yeah. It's at the very bottom. Yeah. Like shaved I head would probably look better than this. <laughs> it would make putting a wig on easier than yes. her. Yes. Again, oh, I wonder what people thought in the 80s. If they thought it was hip and cool or if they hated it too. I know. I hated it because um, I pretty much had this haircut. <laughs> um and I hated mine so I was like no don't do it Amanda <laughs> but I don't know maybe it was an older you know for the you know somebody that age maybe it was okay it looks horrendous yeah. um looking back on it it, it looks horrendous I hated it her. when it happened it does it ages her yeah it's not just the aging it kind of just makes you look like a dork <laughs> dork <laughs> wow Jen, dear diary, today, Jen called Kate Jackson a dork. I said it makes her look like a dork. Oh, that's like when my husband says, I didn't call, I say you were a bitch, I said you were acting like a bitch. (laughs) Still the same thing, Jen. I still love her, but yeah, it's a little dorky. That's what he says to me, I still love you, but you're acting like a bitch. It's not her fault. Yeah, it was definitely, um, yeah, I hope that, I just hope the hairdresser got fired. Yeah. Whoever thought that this was and then tarred the and feathered solution to whatever problem she had had at the yeah. time yeah. deserved to just lose their license yeah. completely, like yeah. be banished, well, go right. live in the wilderness, don't yeah. touch anyone else's hair ever again. Yeah. Hair treatment back in the 80s was tenuous at best, though. I mean, come on. It, it's come a long way. Okay, definitely, the, definitely. Well, yeah, they have extensions. They have all that stuff now. She probably would have killed for extensions back then. Gas on our hair. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. I mean, it was. I don't know. I'm not a big fan of that. I don't even know. Is that a cardigan, sleeveless cardigan? Like, what is that? Awful. I. It's just. You know what? Of the three lit female outfits we've seen so far, the scientist is the best. I would rank it scientist, Francine, Amanda. Yeah. I like the I love the color Colors of Amanda's. Agree. I hate the, that like the sweater shirt with the chunky yeah. sleeveless cardigan with I don't know it just and then a matching skirt. Hasn't she worn that before that cardigan? She had a green one in season one, episode two. Wow. I am a robot. <laughs> I have that information stored yeah, in my I, brain. Computing. I thought it was computing. Season, I thought it was season two, but maybe you're right. Maybe it hasn't shown. Yeah, before. it was uh, that hunter green. Okay, wow. I'm sorry. That's amazing. I'm a freak of nature. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I do want to point out. Uh, it's kind of funny. He's like, well, at twenty cents a mile. So what is it up to now? It's like s- almost sixty cents a mile now. Uh, the last time I saw it was like forty-seven. No, it was like fifty-five. I think last year. Was it? Yeah. It has been a while since I had to record. My- Me, I don't. I get a car allowance, so I don't have to do it anymore. But I think it's like fifty-five cents, at least fifty-five cents. So in, in thirty years, it's gone up thirty cents. Isn't that funny? But the price of gas has gone from seventy-five cents to two seventy-five. Exactly. <laughs> Something doesn't seem right, and that's exactly. and and the thing is that fifty-five cents is for wear and tear and gas. Yeah. Yeah, it's not just gas. Terrible, terrible. We're all being taken advantage of by rich people. 
So, you don't like Francine's is what you're saying? I like Amanda's the least, Francine's is second, and the scientist was first. Oof, that's sad. Really? Yeah. Francine's would look good in the um, south, the southwest outfit. She'd blend in. Yeah, definitely. I I don't like those earrings. She keeps wearing those damn things, and I don't like them. Yeah, I don't like them. them. (laughs) I just don't like those button. I think she would look better if she had, like, little studs on. Yeah, again, but when you're looking at her, you're first drawn to the earrings and not the horrible hair. <laughs> that's true. And I like these. But look at her bone structure. I mean, the short hair does excess. The triangles make it like zoomed to yeah, the face versus true. the button is like so round. Yeah. They compliment her. Yeah, the I guess. The middle are really big. They do compliment and try and bring what yeah. to her freaking but face. But seriously, look at her cheekbones. Mm-hmm. I, I haven't seen my cheekbones in like a decade. <laughs> Well, so she's telling him about the mothers for a safe environment, you know, just for shits and giggles. But really, uh, it's part of the plot. I'm not going to sugarcoat it. Mm -hmm. She was super proud that she was named the speaker. Yeah. But she wanted to show off to her boy, I mean to Lee. Oh, (laughs) I like how you did that. I like how that one guy comes out and Lee's like, hey, how's how's Billy's mood? And he's like, what did he say? Something like... Crazed, yeah. He's more like crazed. <laughs> They're just standing around BSing. Crazed might be a better word. So Amanda wants Lee to get uh, Billy to sign off on her mileage so that um, she can uh, use that money to put toward like a donation for the Mothers for a Safe Environment. Mm-hmm. Now we get to learn from Mr. Melrose that uh, C12 has been swiped from Oregon's facility. It was C6 at the Oregon facility. It's C12 at the, at the Washington, D.C. facility. <laughs> they changed it. <laughs> C12 is actually the most stable compound around. It's exactly six neutrons, six protons. So it's just an inert substance. CX, now that's the nerve gas. Ooh. Wow, Miss Smarty Pants. I will point out that Billy makes a big organ faux pas here. Can anybody? Oh, my God. Yes. Oh, my God. We all hate it. All of us. All of us hate it. Oregon instead of Oregon. Oh, Who Oregon. Oregon. I'm going to strangle you. I say Oregon. No, I Sorry. said Billy Oregon. Oregon. No, no, no. I was just clearing the group. If anyone's oh. in Oregon, never say it again. Ever. Is it? Is it? I say Oregon. Is that right or no? Yeah, that's right. Okay. Lexi's saying Oregon. Okay. All right, we'll have to convert her. Yeah. Just keep saying it around me and I'll adapt. Just just keep saying it. Just say um, Michigan or something like that. That'll <laughs> annoy her. Yeah. Well, actually, Lee uh, Bruce says it very well. Oh, does he? he? Said Oregon. He said it perfect. So. I mean, what doesn't he say well, Jen, with that voice? Yeah, true. <laughs> I give him props for that. <laughs> It says C12 was stolen. Yeah. C12 isn't a poison. That's an inert. It's an inert substance. Oh, I thought she said C6. Well, I think they changed it, it, but they said that C12 gets mixed with CX to make the, the, when it, he says, comes together, it makes the gas. Okay, because Billy says C12 is one half of CX, CX12. And he seems very put out that Francine doesn't know that after he just told her to can it. (laughs) She's like, you roared. And he goes, can it, Francine. He is not happy with her today. Yeah. So apparently it's nerve gas, odorless, colorless. And then entering the bloodstream through the victim's skin, blurred vision, numbness, paralysis, 
death in less than 10 seconds. Thank God, because I wouldn't want to have to deal with all those symptoms beforehand for very long. Yeah, it's one of the most unstable, and it has never been used in military operations, so it's more of a um, research type of gas. What could they possibly use? This is actually phosphagene oxime. That, that's a chemical name and it's real. But Dude, I'm so glad you're a chemist and you're happy with this. <laughs> so it is actually real, but most of their gases that were really potent, mustard gases and stuff like that. that Agent Orange and all that? In the, well, Agent Orange was an herbicide. Oh. That was sprayed on plants to kill the leaves so they could see the enemy from the air. And so it was guerrilla warfare. So it's got dioxins and other things in it. So it's it's a chemical like poison over time, cancer over time. Whereas to people, to yeah. plants, it just kills the leaves. Okay. But nerve gas is like yeah, you spray that on people and they get blisters. They can't breathe. They die. Ugh, awful. It's, it's like pretty potent. And this is when CX is one type of it. Mm. So that that is actually correct. That part. Hmm. It's actually, let's see, I think it has a chem- it has a common name, a nettle agent, it's called. Isn't it nice to have yeah. a scientist on, on yeah. uh, the podcast? Yes. If we ever have any questions on real estate, HR-related questions, or chemicals, environmental stuff, we are all set. When we start taking callers, we can yeah. have that be uh, anything in these realms, we got you. We got you covered. So your employer needs to pay you. <laughs> work for some you know csi or yeah you know they're doing like the detailed forensics or that's what my son wants to go that's what he's going to go study is uh chemistry uh and then go into forensics yeah but think about it you can use it to like inform writers to come up with different plots it'd be really cool that would be cool (laughs) this would be this could be my time away from here doing something different your transition to your next career yeah well that's never gonna happen probably but i always say people should take a break from what they're doing do something completely different and then come back yeah yeah different perspective it'll never happen but it'd be fun wouldn't it it would be interesting for sure yeah I'm sure with the new forensic shows, it comes up more. Oh than God, they have do. so many, yeah. But they're, you know, what they do—they just take stuff from the from the newspapers, you know, or from you know the news. I should say nobody reads newspapers, it seems anymore. You still have to know what you're doing, though, because I'm sure there's a lot of annoying watchers, viewers that will call in and say they got it wrong. <laughs> Well, what yeah. Are you talking about? Well, like um, on uh, Grey's Anatomy, they had a, a plot line about cystic fibrosis, and they had a bunch of stuff wrong on it. And we're like, no, that's not true. That's not true. See, yeah. that irritates me because how hard is it just to find research? Exactly. Like, you yeah. can literally ask anyone. Mm-hmm. It pisses me off when they get it wrong. I know. It's just a lazy way. It's a lazy way out, especially yeah. for a television show when they have the budget and they have the time to. Yeah. And yeah, you can't give it out false information. Exactly. Yeah. I and agree. A lot of the stuff, basic facts are available online these days. It's not that hard to find some basic facts on chemicals, on medical yeah. issues, on a lot of different things. Yeah, you got Google for crying out loud. So I don't even like you have to go to the library or anymore anymore, you know? It's crazy. Yeah, if you don't even just talk to people, just look it up. <laughs> Says the millennial. <laughs> you don't even have to talk to people. <laughs> You guys will do anything to get out of talking with people. It's true. It used to be that way, but now she's like super talk to everyone. Really? I don't think there's hope for her, Lexi. This is her own research. Yeah. I busted her out of it. 
Oh, good for you. We have to send Lexi over to you for a little while then. If I, like, (laughs) need something from them, it's harder for me to chat with them. Like, for example, ordering food. Because I need them to get it all correct, and there's a lot of customizations, and I would never (laughs) ask this in person. That is so funny. So I have to do it (laughs) passive-aggressively. Through the online ordering. <laughs> so. She truly does. That is the and only way she it. will order food. Yeah. My husband drives me nuts because he tends to be like that. And you could get a lot more done if you just call. Yeah. Than trying to do stuff yeah, online. Yeah, call. Hotels or stuff. I just call and get what I want. I see you don't have this online and I want this kind of room. Mm-hmm. And they're just like, oh yeah, we can arrange that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, like that. No problem. It's the in-person thing that trips me up. I can call whoever. Oh, you're fine with talking on the phone. You just can't do it in person. I don't like to talk with them in person. How funny. Yeah, over the phone. Oh, man. Do you think they're going to judge you or something? It's more like I have stage fright. And so, like, like when I even order at a restaurant, I have to know exactly what and, like, like pre-plan. How funny. Because I'll just forget. I have to like sit there and rehearse it like 50 times before I'll say it out loud. That's so funny. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. And she gets up in front of our meet for our meetings. I've been oh, make no. I've been pushing her out of her box. You've been making me her yes, comfort. That. That's true. <laughs> I've been pushing her out of her comfort yeah. zone and she gets up and she does perfectly fine. And she, but you'd think I was having her get up in front of the firing squad. Just remember that you know more than probably anyone in the audience. So That's definitely not true. About your topic. <laughs> maybe about my topic. That's maybe. Yes. True. About what you're If I wasn't about. in the room, yes. That yeah. is a true statement. So I'm going to throw up. Let's be done now. Let's move on. <laughs> we just had one. She's having a relapse. Why did you have to bring it up? I feel like you do this just to hurt No, I, I was trying to. my heart. No, I was trying to say. I I'm trying to get that. you. I I'm, I'm trying to say now. that you do wonderfully. <laughs> you guys, she's climbing under the desk. No! Oh my God! What? I was saying. Probably down here. She does really great. Is my point. So I'll never bring it up again. Apparently, I can't even see her. You guys. She's hiding under the desk. Thank God I have tights on. (laughs) It's all good. Well, I'd be mooning her otherwise, or not mooning, but whatever. Uh, You guys, listen. Look at. Look seriously. I'm fine. (laughs) It's quiet down here. It's great. I just have to. I just have to hide a little bit. And uh, will no, you come out in a soon? Uh, yeah. I'll give you a butterscotch sucker. Yeah. I'll give you a butterscotch sucker if you come out. <laughs> just give me like five, maybe ten minutes. Okay, five minutes of the show. Oh no! Come on. <laughs> No, seriously, I bring it up only because I want to point out that you do really well in it, is my point. And I'm not trying to do that. I'm not trying to make you feel horrible because I think you did great. If I told her if she sucked, I wouldn't have her get up and do it. You know? Remember when I was really awkward with Sean? Now I'm reliving that too. Look at what you've done. Oh my God. She spiraled. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, moving on. Move on. All right, here we go, Billy. Say Oregon. Not Oregon. <laughs> okay, let's move on. <laughs> okay, I do like Francine's hair. I do too. It's big, but it's 80s big, and it's nice. Yep. And maybe I'm just comparing it to Amanda's. Yeah. So um, Billy's explaining that they have the CX, CX-12 is stored separately. Apparently, according to our expert, that isn't possible. But 
uh, on the show, The Magic of TV, it, that's that's what's happening. So the other half is in Bethesda. So now they're worried that those crystals in Bethesda are going to be hijacked now too, uh, so that they can have the full component of nerve gas. Whew. That was a lot. That was a lot of uh, explanation. Yeah. That's great. Okay. I nice wanted to catch us up. So Billy's telling him that there's only five people who have hands-on access to the X-12 crystals in Bethesda, which ironically, my husband and son are at, just left Bethesda. Oh my gosh, what a good Yeah, sense. but they weren't at the facility getting CX-12. <laughs> That's good. That's for sure. <laughs> this is so fucking weird. There's somebody's talking to me under the table. <laughs> I'm on my side of the table, at least. <laughs> She's laying down on the table, I swear That's true. You would never know. She's hiding from me. She's mad at me now. I'm not hiding or mad. I just, sometimes you just need to be in a box to feel safe. (laughs) (laughs) Take it from personal experience. Sometimes it's okay to be caged. Leave it alone. Like, you know what my daughter does is I know when she's like going through a rough time because she'll be walking around the house and she has her hood on. Yeah. She puts her on, she puts her it helps. On. It's like your own. Like, are you yeah. Ty- Tyler does that too. Yeah. <laughs> and then you just feel safe and you're in your dark little happy warm place and it's great. Check our chat, guys. <laughs> not you, Lexi. I don't have my phone, so okay, good. I will not. It doesn't look very comfortable down there. I know. It doesn't, does it? Yeah, but it feels like here because there's like a roof over, and it just—it's good. It's oh good. my god, she's a hoot. Good shot until everything. Mm-hmm. Oh, they're <laughs> Okay, so Billy's saying that there's five people, so he's assigning one agent to each of them, mm-hmm. and Francine's got uh, Dr. Mallory, and then Lee's got Dr. Fletcher. And he's kind of like the backup chemist, uh, the uh, second lieutenant, I guess, to her, which is the way it should be. No, sorry. I'll edit that. (laughs) Um, So then Lee gets the file on Fletcher and realizes that he lives a block from Amanda's. Boy, what's on his mind? Like, I wouldn't just go, oh. His girl, I mean, his part. (laughs) (laughs) Nicely done. Full circle. Excellent. So, this is the cringe moment, though. Oh my god, the cringe moment is horrible. Sorry, I hate oh, this. Sorry. I'm gonna go under the table now. I want to go under the table. I was cringing. So, he's like, I want to get closer to someone who lives there. It, Lee asks her about the house that was for rent down at the end of her street, and she's like, Well, yeah, I think so. Why? He goes, Well, I want to get closer to somebody who lives uh, there and she's like looks over at Billy and Francine and oh, I hate this. Yep. Do I have to talk about this? It's so painful. And I don't she, even think she would do that. I and know. Even say that exactly. <laughs> we can't. That wouldn't be yeah. very right of us. Uh, wouldn't be very thorough. Um, Amanda wishes it never happened. We can wish it never happened too. Oh, it's so awful. Like, and seriously. terrible about it, too. Yeah. Oh, God. I mean, ugh. This isn't even Amanda. This is even season two Amanda. I can see maybe season one because of the whole other cringe moment in season uh, episode 10, mm-hmm. uh, Christmas, the long Christmas Eve. Also a cringe moment for me. Not for you guys, I remember, but it was for me. But this is reminiscent of that, but this is way worse because it's in front of other people. Yeah, this one's way worse. Ugh! I, worse. Yeah. Worse. Mm-hmm. Much worse. And she's just like, oh, right, because 
It's business. Well, hell yeah, it's businesswoman. You're in the agency in yeah, front of like people. That, that's an internal thought. Ugh, like just yes, keep that in you. your head. Don't thank you. verbalize it. Oh, gosh. Yeah. Open I mouth, insert foot. See, here's the thing. If it was less overt, like if she had, like if just the expression on her face right. broadcast that, then it would be a completely different. But the fact that it was all verbalized is the problem. If, not, if it were subtle, it would be fine. But yep. it's not. It's terrible. And I blame 80s television <laughs> issues for it. Well, it's like they just, they want to Rudolph Borchert wants to make her feel, you know, awkward. And I yeah. don't understand why. Yeah, mm-hmm. I don't know. At this point, she's come into her own. She's beyond first season Amanda. And she's gone, you know? Yeah, she doesn't have, like, the stars in her eyes or yeah. anything like that. Like, she... It just doesn't seem, like, super authentic to who her character's grown yes. into. Like, it just doesn't. Thank you, lady under the table. That is exactly <laughs> yeah, right. Just, I'm she the troll under the bridge you. right now. <laughs> You're not like, a troll. Who do you want to get close to? question like who are you trying to get close to right instead of like making you we could have gone out to dinner first oh call me now (laughs) and then he's like he kind of is like you know condescendingly uh closer to dr fletch leonard fletcher she's like oh this is up uh, oh this is agency business oh yeah right and he's like "Mm mm-hmm Dr. Fletcher, she's like, I know him. She recovers well. I have to give her that. But good God, that's horrible. It's it's just, uh, and the fact that it happened in front of Francine, oh. who we know has played backgammon with Lee, and he was interested in at one time. The like, only thing just, I can say uh, on the director's behalf is thank God he didn't like pan over to Francine and Billy yeah. and have that look. Because yep. you know how sad and miserable that would look like. Yep. What that would look it like. It would be really painful for who love Amanda to see that. <sighs> awful we can imagine it but we don't have to see it which is great i'm surprised kate didn't like edit this yes Mm -hmm. right yeah Uh, all right moving on right can we move on and never talk about this ever again true it's painful so she knows him and she's saying no problem i know exactly where he'll be today at four o'clock and they're all like oh well then so do you ladies not the lady under the table ladies coming up Oh, she's coming up. Let me see. I have to start talking about the script soon. Oh, so hello. Ready. Hello, hey. friend. Hey. So, hey. Jen and Miranda, do you guys remember this um, this little church? Yes. Yes. We I went was there. Saying, that was yeah. so fun. I was standing right there many years later. I know. We were, like, <laughs> right there. It was so cute. We were stepping on those. We were right over by... Um, we parked right where they were park, you know, going to park there, and then we went in. Uh, we we tried to go in uh, to the church. <laughs> um, and you couldn't. No, well, we didn't want to. We didn't have David with us, who is quite ballsy, and uh, so we just were like, "Oh, we'll just look from afar. <laughs> we'll just look from afar." But we do have some cute pictures from it. Did they? Did they cover up? Because I could have sworn those windows were all stained glass, like beautiful. I wonder if they covered them up or something. So- um no they were like i'm pretty sure that's what they looked like yeah they weren't stained glass yeah maybe 
Those definitely. I can see why they want to cover it up if it really looked like a church, like if the windows were stained glass. Yeah. But oh. I could have I took pictures of them, and I don't remember them being that drab. But hold on, I'm pulling it up right now. Give me one second. I can. Nope, you're right there, Brown. Yeah. It is somewhere else. Yeah. Well, there's plenty. Oh yeah, here they are. Yeah, it looks. I mean, it literally looks. <laughs> It looks exactly the same. That <laughs> I don't think there's anything different wow. in there. It's the shutters. Look. The shutters are round. Oh my god! So Isn't I that cool? I can see the shutters. Wow! It looks exactly <laughs> the same. That's too funny. Mm-hmm. Maybe those little plants grow up a little more. Yeah. Um, they replaced the bushes with like those cactus-like. Aloe yeah, plants. those things were pokey when we were walking by on those aloe plant things. Those were pokey yeah. when we walked by them. Yeah, they did replace those. I like the little um, courtyard area they have over to the side, to the right of the church, the big church part. That was in Burbank. We'll have to, uh, we'll post, we'll post pictures from that, cool. from our, our revisit. Yeah, that sounds good. Yeah. And uh, Lee is driving a Hunter-esque car. Yes, he is. I was going <laughs> to tell you. Yeah, very much oh, so. Is this blue Hunter, is usually that you know you're like oh why would they why would he change his vehicle and then later on in the episode you're like oh that's why <laughs> they that's have like 50 of those cars for hunter so they can just blow one up <laughs> spoiler spoiler alert jen he's undercover as lee samson he can't drive around <laughs> yeah i know he can't drive a corvette uh-huh but he could have had a better car and he doesn't i like yeah it doesn't fit well that comes later because of the family car Castillo does. Yeah. Like, yeah, in the 70s, maybe. <laughs> so we're at the Village Church in Arlington. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and that Village Church, that little shadow box thing is there still, too. That's so funny. It's cute. So we get to see Castile um, seeing Lee. So obviously, we know later he knows him. Uh, they've had a couple of run-ins before. So the gig, the gig is up. The jig is up. The jig is up. <laughs> All those women sitting there. <laughs> he looks so uncomfortable. You wouldn't think he'd be uncomfortable. I think these are his type of... Uh, yeah, these women have brains, or at least some of them do. <laughs> so they're not Lee type of women. Mm-hmm. Well, and he's outnumbered. Yes, he's he is. There are, they, have a, they do have a couple of men in there, but yeah, they're token. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so Amanda's running the, the meeting, and then there's a few naysayers shall we say, in the group, that are uh, that need to shut up. Instigators. <laughs> yeah. Potsters. Yes. So Mrs. Courtney is, um, that's Mrs. Courtney or is the other one Mrs. Courtney? I believe she's Mrs. Courtney because isn't Mrs. Courtney. The redhead red is Mrs. Courtney. Okay, that's what I thought. Okay. And then, yeah, because Jean Kearsney uh, right. is, gets up and she's trying to calm them down, but Mrs. Courtney is just fit to be tied and wants to, to wrestle. Yeah. <laughs> She wants to argue. Yes, yeah, she is. She's that feisty actress. Yeah, she is definitely. Doris Balak, Yeah. She's the one who was a judge, right? Uh, played a judge. So Amanda's trying to get everybody to calm down, mm-hmm. and Lee just seems to be uh, tired of the kind of just like it's already bored. Yeah, right? bored of it all. Like you ladies want some real problems. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so Amanda wants to introduce this guest speaker who happens to be one of their neighbors who also happens to be one of the chemists at the Bethesda plant, chemical plant. And uh, he, he seems real excited to be there. And they don't seem real excited to listen yeah. to him. That'd be hard to know that everybody in the room hates you. Yeah. Yeah. He, look, he looks a lot, he looks very nervous. 
Yeah. <laughs> I like how someone literally says, boo, hiss. Yeah. <laughs> she and she's so like, blase. She's like, boo, hiss, boo, yes, boo. boo. <laughs> you know what's funny though? I've done that before. <laughs> <laughs> I can't even imagine. Yeah, really. That's so funny. Osmosis. <laughs> That's hilarious. So, luckily, we're not bored uh, with to tears with the actual uh, uh, speech, mm-hmm. but we get to see them all talking at the end. And Amanda introduces Lee and almost says Lee Stetson, but then he he's like Samson, and she's like, "Oh, Lee, this is." Jean, and then she couldn't remember. I wonder if that's Kate just not realizing, remembering her neighbor's name. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> you know? Well, they covered what... They, they covered, covered it really well, but I don't think... I don't... I think that was... Uh... I doubt it. You've heard them talk about her that she doesn't... I know, but it head. looks really <laughs> genuine to me. Maybe. It looks really genuine to me. That's funny. Uh, so then Lee's talking with uh, Jean and Amanda, and then he mentions that he wants to meet uh, Mr. Dr. Fletcher. Mm-hmm. And so Amanda goes and introduces him to him. And then they both get invited, and a few others, Mrs. Wild Courtney gets invited as well, to go to the Bethesda lab. Why would he do that? Like, there's no, I mean, if, spoiler alert, he's in cahoots with Castile. <laughs> Why would you bring people, outside people, in there? Especially this new guy. This very hot, It might improve their public big guy. image a little bit, but at the same time, it's a military, it should be a military installation. So, getting civilians in there would be really hard. That's what I mean. That are part of a group that's anti what they're doing. Exactly. Directly... It seems like it's inviting. Counterintuitive, yeah. But then you kind of have to wonder, is he doing it so that they create somewhat of a distraction or like that it's plausible that someone else is stealing the... Good point. Good point. Is it C12? C12. C12. CX12. CX12. Well, this part's C12. Yes, you're right. C12. Yeah. Okay, but... Hey, we're junior chemists over here. Yeah, like zero chemists, like maybe got a C minus. I think I pulled it out (laughs) in 10th grade chemistry. (laughs) Um, Intro I did. Yeah. Well, and they also just make a huge deal when they go visit. It's Mm -hmm. wearing suits and everything. But if they are separated, it's not, they're innocuous. They're not toxic. (laughs) So I don't know what the big, anyway, I don't know what the big, like, you know, worry is. Although my my brother worked at a nuclear plant and okay, that's different. <laughs> yeah, they 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 let them they let people come on and get tours and stuff. But that's not the government like lab. I would it's say it's pretty. But someone okay, someone could work at a nuclear lab and probably not have to go through like a million different security. Clearances. He did. He had to. But depending on who the person is, right? Yeah. Like they could they would definitely do some security checks, but not like a government sort of lab, I think would. Maybe that's yeah. a, maybe that's wrong. I don't know. Everything. Especially back in the 80s, I don't know. Yeah. I'm not yeah, sure. Yeah, pre-9/11 they probably loved Yeah, it pre-9/11 they did a lot, did a lot of things. Yeah. I mean, we got to actually wear our shoes while we went through the lines. Mm-hmm. For their security. That's wild. You can now if you're pre-check or pre-approved. Yeah, I know. Pre-check, yeah. Now you can't even, like, Bonneville Damage is a huge dam on the Columbia River. You can't even go visit that without, you know, checking in and showing ID. It's just real tight everywhere. And it should be. I mean, my goodness. So, um... I mentioned that the script is a little bit different than how the episode played out. 
the next big thing is that the group that Amanda's a part of has nothing to do with the environment in the script version. They are part of uh, Mars, which is Mothers Against Racing and Speeding. So the whole issue... That <laughs> I'm sorry, I fell asleep. What was that? <laughs> yeah. Um, so the, the thing that the neighborhood concerned citizens have a problem with is drag racing that's going along (laughs) in the neighborhood. Um, That's hilarious. So their big thing that they're trying to do is like uh, link arms together to shut down an intersection. Like that's the way that they're going to quote unquote peacefully protest (laughs) because these drag racers are just tearing through and they're worried about their kids and one almost runs over one of the residents and so anyway, the group is completely different and has nothing to do with the environment or science or anything like that. So anyway, the I'm glad they changed it. Plays out much better. A little more exciting. Yeah, in the actual film version. So yeah. Plus, Not- we don't have a racing expert on yeah. the panel, so that's good that we have <laughs> a scientist. <laughs> right. Too right. Shout out to Jen. Yeah. <laughs> That's so funny, though. Mothers Against Racing and Speeding. Yeah, smart. I wouldn't be able to join that. Not yeah. that I race, but I do speed. Yeah. Yeah, I probably wouldn't either. Yeah. So say we all. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Jim was trying to, like, get a reduction in our car insurance. One option is to put, like, a tracker on our car. <laughs> You're like, um, how dude. Much, how much you're accelerating rapidly, braking hard. And I'm like, you know, I'm not really. I don't want our money yeah, our thing to go up. tracking me? Come on now. <laughs> Very nineteen eighty four. Right? That's what I would be worried about is it going up. Like Good God, you know you're going thirty over the speed limit, Taya? What? <laughs> Apparently they don't look at speed. Only acceleration and braking. Yeah, no, I couldn't. But you might have to actually break because there's an accident. Or so you know, someone's cut you off. It took me an hour and twenty five minutes to get to work today. It took me an hour, just an hour the first hour of it was going six miles man i wanted to shoot myself in the head i almost turned around three times i was like screw this this is not worth it Ugh, it was awful anyways i do like uh when lee's outside when bruce is outside because his hair kind of blows a little bit mm-hmm. and then it looks all boyish yeah does she have a pocket square in her shirt yeah she does that's random yeah that is random who, Amanda? Amanda does. She has a white blouse on with a cute little skirt, but then she's got like a little pocket square that's like all like, looks like a crown coming out of her mm-hmm. pocket. I do like Lee in a jacket and shirt, dress shirt without a tie yeah. and like opened up. Mm, sorry. So we are now in the lab. They're getting their tour. That happened very quickly. Mm-hmm. And they are showing how safe it is that they're changing their... What do you call that, Jen? Lab coat. Lab gear. Gloves. <laughs> Changing their what? <laughs> protective. Their protective gear. Oh, nice. Personal protective equipment. <laughs> oh, now you're getting into CPR <laughs> training. Yeah, they're, <laughs> yeah, they're pers- personal protective. Although there's different levels of it. This they're is PPE. That's what they call it in CPR, first responder training. You're welcome. We call it the same thing in hazardous waste response. Yeah? Like okay. There's a spill or something, but it's, it's higher level. You know, you get like the Tyvex boots and stuff. They, they In CPR training, they tell you, they ask you 800 times, not even joking, is the scene safe? You have to ask that every single time when you're practicing and stuff. It is obnoxious. 
Like you're going to think They're about They're drilling that. it in there, man. I know they do. They drill in. Oh. Because they'll run in there and get clobbered by I know. I know. <laughs> you're right. And I probably would. They'd be like, it well, she always liked to help people. We figured it would be what did her in. If only she would have asked if it was safe. <laughs> if the scene was safe. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's funny. So we see somebody changing their PPE. And then they tra- transition into outside where we are now at the laundromat that Jane, that Jean owns, the yep. laundromat. And she's showing Castile how easy it is that Fletcher, all he has to do is slip the crystals in his lab coat and throw it into the laundry. And then they'll end up getting it on the outside. And that's how they get it out of the, out of the, um, the lab. Yep. It's actually pretty brilliant. If it wasn't so diabolical. <laughs> I think that's Lee's coat. Uh, might be. Doesn't it look like Lee's yeah. coat? But he's so much smaller than Lee. He's only like 5'4". No, is he? Is he really? Yeah, that's what it said in the thing. Oh, but I remember the weird trivia. Wow, that's so funny. Is that small? Maybe it is yeah, Lee's. Really it looks short. very much like Lee's. It got shrunk like early on. <laughs> the coat shrunk. Yeah. Then they kept it. That sweater is just awful. Look at all the like yeah, patterns on it. It is bad. I do like her pink blouse though mm-hmm. underneath. That's cute. Oh, he's going to he's going to kiss. <laughs> he's eating her face again. So she's getting the excitement that he, you know, she's probably was been lacking. She's probably a, you know, divorcee mm-hmm. and bored out of her mind, needs some excitement. She doesn't have a spy to bring that to her. So she gets Castile <laughs> and he eats her face. Yep. Ugh. So then, uh, so then now that ends, that scene ends. And now we're in Washington somewhere in, in at night and Fletcher and Castile are meeting. This is not a friendly meeting. Mm-mm. It doesn't seem like Fletcher likes Castile. He seems very put out. And Castile's giving him money. And what's the deal with the chocolate bar? Anybody get that? Like, is that something no we're idea. supposed to pick up on? Maybe it's just to make it more personal, but it seems cheesy. It just seems weird. Mm-hmm. I thought he was going to incorporate that somehow. That's what I thought. Hurt him in some way, but... He's very um, scary in this. He's just kind of... Yeah, you never know what he's going to do. Nature. I mean, he's eating chocolate and he's asking for explosives to blow somebody up. Yeah. So more, like, evil and diabolical, but... Do we know what he's using, what his intent to get this is? Is it just to sell it or is it for some diabolical plan? In the script, it said he's specifically trying to sell it. He has a buyer that wants it, but I don't think it says in the episode. Yeah, I don't remember seeing that either. Interesting. Yeah, I was wondering that myself. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Probably to make money. Uh, so he's paying off Fletcher, kind of getting, making sure he's in. And he mentions that Fletcher has gambling debts. Mm-hmm. So that explains how he got him sucked into this. Because the guy seems like a he doesn't really care obscure right doctor, just, you know, a chemist. He's probably got an ex-wife and kids that he has to take care of. And so he probably got stuck with that. So Castile actually brings up Lee's name. And he's like, you know him as Lee Sampson, and he's a government agent. He's like, no, this is getting a little too crazy for me. He wants out. Bombs agents. He goes, you think you this is any more? You think I like this any more? Oh, than you, do? you think I like this any more than you do? And then he throws him some money. How much money is that? Are those hundreds? I can't even tell. Are those hundreds? Because I mean, that'd have to be a freaking lot of money for me I mean, to do that. It looks like hundred dollars, doesn't it? I was looking at it. It actually looks like oh, it has to be hundred. That's the only thing that would make. Yeah, because it's. I mean, there's 
just a couple thousand dollars in there, it looks like. Maybe $5,000 or something. You'd have to give me a whole lot of those stacks to do what he's doing. Again, why do we have to be so elaborate with our plan with the bomb? Why not just hide out, take a silencer, shoot him and run? Exactly. <laughs> because but aren't we? needs would be killed. I know, I was going to say, aren't we glad they didn't? <laughs> well, yes, but somehow they would, you know, stave it off. But yeah. It's funny how you have to make it. I mean, so many things could go wrong with a bomb in a car. I mean, mm-hmm. Someone else get it. Uh, exactly. On and on and on. Hurt innocent people. I don't think he cares about innocence. Plus, he's seen all around the car beforehand. Amanda saw someone else could see him and say, I saw this man before the car blew up. Right. It seems very risky. Mm-hmm. Plot holes. But it's so much more fun to blow up Hunter's car. <laughs> now, Fletcher at least hesitates for a minute, but then he does count the money like, oh, okay, I'm going to take it. <laughs> he says they're working on a, neutralizing him day and night, but okay. So now we're at back at, now we're at Amanda's house and they are making a volcano, a much better volcano than I made in fifth grade, I have to say. <laughs> uh, mine did not have a little village. It was just like a blob and it had the paint like he's doing there. Did it? It did not do anything. And that is why, Lexi, I got second place. Oh, second place is good. I think there are only five entries. <laughs> well, if it didn't even blow, you got second. What is it chosen it? Chemist? Chemist? Like vinegar, I think. Yeah, I think it's okay. vinegar and baking soda. <laughs> but I mean, too, if you put some, like, little people around your volcano that are... <laughs> a little village? Out. What a great idea. <laughs> In fact, great segue... Philip and, and Jamie want to do that. And Amanda said no, because they she doesn't want him to die from the volcano. And then Dottie comes in and says, you know what would be great is if, you, if we put a little village there. And Amanda's like, oh, mother. <laughs> now, now let's get to the nitty gritty. Dottie is grilling Amanda on the new neighbor, the new hottie. I'd grill her, too. I, I would grill him. <laughs> Again, this bothers me because... You're not going to forget Bleak. Right? And she's like, oh. Now has seen Lee. <laughs> yes. She's not going to forget Bleak. She says she only sees his profile. It doesn't matter. Pretty distinct. Well, she, al- she also knows that Amanda works for Mr. Melrose in season one and two. And then in season three, she meets a Mr. Melrose who works for the agency. I mean, hello. It's crazy. Shame on them. Continuity issues. Dottie says he was picking up his newspaper, so you know what profile she was looking at. (laughs) (laughs) That's why she doesn't know what his face looked like. (laughs) Also, I just want to point out here, she's not wearing earrings, and where do your eyes go? To the hair. Her her cheekbones. Really? Yeah. I think she looks better there without them. Her face, she doesn't have as much makeup on Mm -hmm. and everything. Dottie looks cute. I like Dottie's robe. That's cute. Mm -hmm. Little polka dots. So, yeah, she says, I didn't get a very good look at him, but he has very good posture. Mm-hmm. And Amanda's like, good posture is important. And then she always wants him to, her to invite him people over for dinner. Mm-hmm. And it's always the same man, Lee, and she doesn't even realize it's Lee. She's like, oh, I'm sure he's the kind of guy that just, you know, grabs a sandwich. She goes, well, he has to eat, doesn't he? She's like, yes. She goes, next time you see him, ask him for dinner. She goes, I will. Not going to happen. Just an idea. <laughs> All right, so next morning we're back at the agency, and Francine apparently has gone to Amanda's house and gotten uh, one of her sleeveless cardigans. Mm -hmm. And then maybe Salvation Army, even, I think, because I don't even know if Amanda would wear that one. That is awful. That is awful. Mm -hmm. 
And it's probably one of the top five worst I've seen on her. Yeah, I mean, because it just does nothing for her. It's awful. The colors are dowdy. The pattern is dowdy. The sizing is bad. Yeah. Ugh. And I don't like him in all brown. I agree. Ugh. Is that like an 80s thing where the long vests? I don't know, but they're popular. It's one thing to have that because I know that was a trend, but that pattern is just hideous. Mm-hmm. I apologize if someone has one of those and is wearing it. I, I just, well, I, that one I don't like. No, I don't I, think they even make that pattern. Yeah, before. I mean, if you have something like this still that you wear, don't. Just don't. We're helping you. Yeah, get rid of it. Yes. Public service announcement number 54. <laughs> <laughs> Ugh. And then he's like, did she do anything suspicious? They're talking about Mallory, Dr. Mallory. She goes, does adding ketchup to a tongue sandwich? Oh, that sounds so horrible. A cow's tongue. That is so nasty. That oh, just makes me want to be sick. Ugh. Ugh. So uh, Lee's got a rundown of known weapon suppliers in the C- CX-12 League. And he mentions a couple names. And one stands out for all of us. Herschel Demetrios, no. Robert Castile, Morgan Lappin. Um, yes, Castile is your best bet, Lee. Go with your gut. He's a little like Casanova. Yes, I know. Two and once. two at once, man. <laughs> He's like a little Casanova. He's bold, daring, praise on women. <laughs> Francine goes, sounds like my date last night. He goes, hmm. <laughs> oh, what is that? What lab did they hit, Lexi? Oregon. <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh, he's <a> <laughs> Oregon. Oregon. There you go. She's tr- she's practicing. She said it right. Okay. All right. Oregon rhymes with gin. Yeah, it rhymes with gin. Jen. Jen. Yeah, oh, that's good. Or, origin. Or She'll say origin. Origin. <laughs> it's not gone. Organ's not gone. It's just organ. There's an O Gun. at the end. Gun. It's like an organ, only there's a little extra syllable. Like or again. Oregon. Or again. Or again. Or again. If there's an E on the end, then it'd be Oregon. <laughs> if there's an E at the end, then it'd be Oregon. Or origin. No, wait, Oregon. Oregon is O R E G O N. That's how you spell it. Oregon. Yeah, but it's Oregon would be with an E at the end. Gone. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what she's saying. Oh. Well, English is weird. It, could it is very that. strange. It's pronounced Oregon. So, Oregon. Yeah, I'll work on it. I promise. So, Lee's explaining to Francine and the audience that the woman who obviously was helping Castile at the Oregon lab, was killed. Shot in the tummy. Now we're back at that cute little church, the village church, and Amanda's walking in and she notices somebody fiddling around with Lee's hunter car. (laughs) And she kind of stops and looks and he goes, oh, I was just uh, looking at this. uh, It's a good family car. She's like, yeah, like I don't buy it. There's a slug bug that just went by. Mm-hmm. Nice. Yeah. So he walks away, but she's still kind of like suspicious of him. Smart. Yes. Man yes. And then she goes into all hell with that group of women <laughs> there, just like all yelling and screaming. So Amanda goes up to Jean, and and Jean fills her in, saying the picketing was pathetic. And then they <laughs> look at Kate. She's like, "Oh my, this is very loud." <laughs> So she's kind of confused on what's going on because she's kind of walking into this uh, 
everybody getting real riled up. Mm -hmm. And then Lee comes in and pulls her away. He's like, I got some photos in the car. I want you to look at them. And uh, he's like, but I don't want to do it here. I don't want anything to look suspicious. So let's get away from all these people and drive down a very rural area so you can look at them. Yeah, I mean, that's not really a sentence I would normally follow. Like, I want to show you some pictures in my car, but not around these people. Like, I would, if it were him. If it were him? Yes. But if it was some stranger, yeah, yeah, no thanks. Yeah, no thanks, Creeper. (laughs) So now they're in this very rural, they're just in the city. Yeah. And now they're in this rural area. Mm -hmm. So he's like, all right, here are the pictures. And so she's looking at him, and uh, she doesn't recognize anybody. But then she recognizes Castile, and she said, I just saw him. He goes, you did? She's like, yeah, just before I came in the meeting, he was hanging around this car. And he's like, oh, crap. He's like, Amanda, get ready to get out and get out fast. Remember when you were, you guys just had that fake wedding? It's kind of like that, but we'll stop this time. Oh, man. There goes your hunter car. (laughs) What a gentleman, though. He covers her. He does? I'd be like, oh, it might blow up some more. Lay on me some more. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Protect. Protect me. me. So, I don't understand why the bomb didn't go off right away. Like, who knows how... Like you said, they were in the city and then they were... Right. So, how... (laughs) Like, I thought maybe it would... It was going to be remote activated or something But he'd have to be following him. he'd have to be following him. Yes. He's never even there. So, it has to be some sort of timer. So, we have no idea where or when it would explode. Right. Which is why I think it's way too risky. Yeah. Yeah. And that's why those things never work. Mm -hmm. Until they do. (laughs) Yeah. So apparently they got a, a ride from some guy in a Ford pickup. Mm-hmm. And then uh, Lee called in and, and got somebody to come pick him up. So they're looking for Castile now because Amanda's ID'd him. So they're trying to figure out why Castile was hanging around the community center. And he's like, well, Dr. Fletcher's there. And she goes, oh, you think? And he's like, well, he has a pension for playing the ponies. And he's like, she's like, oh, so bribery. And he's like, exactly. So... The man living beyond his means. Yes. But they can't figure out is Fletcher is a man and Castile always is, his MO is to use women. So they can't figure out that last component. See, it would have totally worked if he was a gay man. Well, that there you go. Like, perfect. Exactly. Castile <laughs> might not have been into that. I don't know. <laughs> I never know. Maybe they swung both ways. Maybe. <laughs> Maybe. Not that there's anything wrong with that. He seemed like he would do anything for money. So he <laughs> Oh my god. So now we're at Jean's house and she and Castile have just had a good time. Had a good time. Yeah. What did it say in the script about her? Oh yeah. You you mentioned it. So it says Jean comes in pulling a robe around a sexy looking nightgown. She's a different Jean than we've seen before. Hair disheveled, a hint of long legs. She's not unattractive. Isn't that rude stage direction? Like, my God. She's not unattractive, unattractive, but she's got long legs and her hair's disheveled. Like, seriously. Mm -hmm. Script written by man. Yep. (laughs) So, yeah, wasn't that horrible what they said? She's not unattractive. She's not unattractive. Mm -hmm. Wow. (laughs) So big of you. I'm sure that guy was probably a monster looking thing and like a little troll that wrote this. So in this, there's not ever a scene that Amanda asks Dottie if any of the neighbors have been acting strangely, right? 
No. Okay. Well, there is in this. And um, some of the things that Dottie describes are kind of funny. So she, Amanda says, Mother, have you noticed anyone in our neighborhood acting strange lately? And Dottie says, now that you mention it, the DeSicchios water, water their lawn at 7 o'clock at night. Well, everyone knows you're supposed to water in the morning. You water at night and you're just begging for fungus problems. I wonder if it's because they're from Arizona. Yep. Uh, so she says, Mother, I mean real strange. Daddy says, like Mrs. Brown walking around the block backwards, claiming it builds her calf muscles. And she says, I guess almost everyone on the block has their own little quirks. And Daddy says, that's putting it politely. The quirks on this block alone could keep an army of psychiatrists in couches for years. Did you have anyone particular in mind? And Amanda says, what about Mrs. Courtney? Dottie says, to tell the truth, I've never heard anything about her. Pretty boring existence, if you ask me. Amanda says, how about Jean Kearsley? Dottie says, now you're talking excitement. Do you know that she's gone through no less than five men since her separation? (gasps) And that the latest is 10 years her junior? And Amanda says, Mrs. Kearsley? Dottie says, not only that, but I hear some of those late night soirees have taken place at that laundry she owns. Pretty kinky, if you ask me. (laughs) (laughs) That's hilarious. And Amanda says, mother. Dottie's like, I'm just telling you what I heard. (laughs) That's hilarious. so much better than the awkwardness that happened in the office at the beginning. Totally have taken that instead. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's so funny. <laughs> yeah, so that, I thought that was a fun scene. So now we learn that, you you know, you're kind of thinking it's kind of this juxtaposition of um, Jean, who you see as the do-gooder in the neighborhood, owns a laundry. Like, how does she become so jaded that she's helping him? But we learned she's not doing what she thinks she's doing. She's right. she's aiding him, but she thinks he's just doing this to bring attention to the fact that it's not safe. They're not they're not protected enough. Yep. And in actuality, she's actually giving the bad guy the the yeah the 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 ability to get the weapon mm-hmm. out of there, and she's gonna be you know thrown to the side as soon as he gets what he wants. Yep. He's got her under this, you know, these rose-colored glasses, wearing these rose-colored glasses. It's well, kind of sad. Kind of manipulator. Yeah. Know? It kind of reminds me, I know it's in a few episodes in season three, but in J. Edgar's Ghost where... Yes. Yeah, where Agnes, the one that works in the library for the agency. Oh, yeah. That one, where he's taking advantage of yeah. her and she doesn't even know it. She's unassuming, but she they're, take, they're, they're preying on their loneliness. Yeah. And their need for for passion and, you know, romance. You know, it's sad. Mm -hmm. It's very sad. Oh, he's eating your face again. (laughs) This is really cute. I love this. Lee's traipsing around in the neighborhood, in in his uh, yard that he's at the house he's renting. Look at the yellow flowers. Do you see them? Yeah, good spotting. They're all over. They're They're very prominent. Yes, they are very much in this scene. And throughout the episode, there's several of them. I hate her jacket here. She only wears it this one time, thank God, but I do not like it. It looks pla- like plastic. If I was going to go seek out Lee at his house, that is not what I would be wearing. Yeah. Yeah. Is it like a members only type it, jacket? Yes, it totally looks like a member. I was just going to say that. Yeah. I got the same style. I love how she pops out and he goes, you just about scared the hell out of me. And she goes, oh, I'm sorry. Now you know how it feels. <laughs> <laughs> Heard about his fair play. He just kind of shrugs it off. He goes, what are you doing to my shrubs? She goes, what are you doing in your shrubs? <laughs> so he his sprinklers are going off and he doesn't want them to go off. And she goes, oh, well, they're probably on an automatic timer over here. 
I like how she's the the experienced one in this yeah. in this episode, and he has no clue. <laughs> so Amanda's had an idea. She's asking if it could be Mrs. Courtney. She's one of the leaders of the group, and she's saying they're going to protest in the morning at a chemical plant, but they're going to vote in the morning on which one they should go to. It's going to be a secret, and we're going to they're going to go from the meeting. So he's going to dig into Mrs. Courtney's past, and then he says, "I think Bruce was." Kind of buying some time there. I don't think he remembered his line there for a second. Oh, really? Yeah. Rewind a little bit. Is the sprinkler scene related to what you said about the grass fungus, Lexi? <laughs> um, no. Maybe, but... <laughs> I mean, potentially, but it was just... Um, so, like, in the script, it's, like, totally wild because the, the premise is completely different. Like, the storyline is different. So it's hard to tell where they would have put it exactly... But um, I talked about it where I did because it was uh, like the way that they have it in the script is right before the scene with Jean and Castile. It was a scene between Amanda and Dottie at that point. Where she's dishing out all the good stuff in the neighborhood. And prior to that, it was, it looks like they were at the agency. So talking with Francine Lee and Amanda. Yeah. So, yeah. It seems like if they had aired the scene about Jean, her being kind of promiscuous and in the Mm -hmm. laundry, it may have caused Amanda to actually name her instead of Courtney. Yeah. Yeah. As a reasonable suspect. They want us to... Yeah, I know. Them to be in the dark still, that's why. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, for sure. I love it. So he goes to get back in the house and he's locked himself out. (laughs) (laughs) And he's like, oh. She's like, what? What's wrong? Oh, he says, damn it. She goes, what's the matter? I thought I... And he's like, nothing. (laughs) I guess I just locked myself out. She's like, look under the flower pot. What? These big yellow flowers, you mean? What you say? (laughs) She's like, it's probably not a good idea, but we all do it. He's like, oh, they're so cute. Mm-hmm. Why don't you go follow her home? Tuck her in. Tuck her in. Make sure that that's the right key, Amanda. Why don't you go help her? Yeah, there you I go. No that. one's at his house. Yeah. Stay there. You're right. What was I thinking? <laughs> Somebody can write a fanfic about that. <laughs> so now, oh, here's Mrs. Duquesne. Amanda comes in. Oh, she's wearing that outfit that she just wore. When did she wear this? Yeah. She wore this just recently. Yeah, because she had the tie on. Yeah. Because of the white tire. Yeah, okay. it was um, burnout. She was wore it, it burnout? Mm-hmm. She wore it in burnout. You know me with my clothes. Yeah. <laughs> it's just like a little Rolodex in my mm-hmm. head. So uh, she comes to the community center, but everybody's gone. And Mrs. Duquesne fills her in and tells her they're at the Bethesda plant. And so she runs out and, and heads there. And uh, she calls Billy and tells uh, him where they're going to be marching to. So he's heading over there as well. So now it's... <laughs> This is kind of a funny scene. They're all out and um, all the women are out there picketing. And Amanda comes up and tries to get in because she sees Lee come in, but he doesn't see her. And then she tries to give tell the guy she needs to get a message to somebody in there. And he's like, no, lady, you're, you're one of those housewives, you know. And then doesn't he say something like, why don't you go home and bake a cake? And she's like, oh, that's a horrible thing to say. <laughs> They're just disgusting. Yeah. <laughs> like, you did not just say that to me. Okay, does he not look like a, one of those sperms or something? Like, uh, one of those, you know, like a chromosome or something? Yeah. Fletcher in his little outfit. He looks like he could be, you know, like, um, also like used car lots and they're like those yeah. like, things. <laughs> the little air yeah. things that just waved everybody. Yeah, totally. 
So um, Fletcher uses the distraction of the picketers because everybody's out looking at watching the picketers. And then he uses that to put the, the crystals in one of the jackets that are in the laundry that are going to be going out. So the picketers are still going on and Amanda pickets for a little bit. She's not... As one of the leaders, she's not really gung-ho about yeah, all this. You can tell she's not really into it. Yeah, she's a little too busy uh, with her spy work mm-hmm. she needs to do. So as they're out there picketing, the laundry truck comes out. And Amanda follows the laundry truck. Doesn't she? Uh, I, think so. I think she sees Jean or something. In yeah, it. yeah. She yeah. sees Jean get into the laundry truck and then she goes and follows it. Okay, that's right. Lead. All right. Like, yeah. I have to say because I'm a purist, then chanting no more pollution is it entirely accurate in this case because they're they're a chemical place right this this is like a military agent poison was more accurate early in the episode but pollution is really you know something we're releasing to our waterways clean water now you know like emissions from cars and right so that bothered me a little bit so it probably doesn't bother anybody else I'll just mention it. It's not really pollution. It's more like warfare, nerve gas, poisons. <laughs> and nobody's releasing it into the environment. In fact, the only thing that's going to die is us. <laughs> wow, you know? Debbie Downer. <laughs> it says save our environment. Well, other organisms can <laughs> die. But what I'm saying is it's not it's not pollution. Yeah, poison. Yeah, poison. I don't get, why does Jean, like, tip her hand and get into the, the van as it's pulling away? She wants to go with her dude. I know, but don't they, won't she get suspicious, won't people get suspicious of that? I well, she's know. the owner. Maybe she's just there checking up on the laundry delivery. <laughs> <laughs> and how does Lee pull up right as Amanda's walking by and they don't see each other? Amanda was behind him because he she, she didn't get to the car. He got to the gate. He like he just pushed past everybody. I don't yeah, know. I don't think she saw him. But... but he would have had to have seen her. He went right past all of them, and she's not in her Apparently, car right now. Amanda radar was turned off, and now Mr. Sampson is in a Corvette. <laughs> yes, he is. Well, because his other vehicle was uh, blown to bits. So Lee drives past and she misses him, and then she's like, "Excuse me, I need to get a message to somebody in the lab." And he's like, no, sorry, lady, no crazy housewives get through here. She's like, listen, this is very important. He goes, you're with them, aren't you? She goes, yes, she is, Mrs. Courtney, all the way. He goes, do you have some official ID? She's like, no, I thought not. Look, lady, why don't you go home and bake a cake? She goes, what a dumb and sensitive thing to say. That's a terrible thing to say. Why don't you ask if she has kids? (laughs) And Amanda's like, yeah, she's backing up, trying to get out of there. So now she's going to go, what, follow the, the laundry truck now? Isn't it kind of gone now, by now? You think? Unless she just knows it's gonna, they're going to head back. really slow. Yeah. But they are also probably, she knows they're heading back. Look at all the yellow flowers. Yeah. <laughs> the dandelions. Good timing. So Mallory realizes that there's C-12 missing. And she's telling Lee that they had a, re- a security breach. The C-12 crystals are gone. He goes, all of it? She's like, enough to make Washington a major disaster area. Those are some big glasses. Mm-hmm. She reminds me of Kelly McGillis for some reason. Oh, I can see an older version. A yeah. nerdy version. Yeah, nerdy and older. So now Amanda has caught up with the laundry truck and she's Thank following you. it. And Mallory and the guard and Lee are trying to figure out, you know, who was authorized 
And she said, you know, on this shift, it's only her, Mallory, and uh, Fletcher. So they, they know it's Fletcher at this point. She's like, he's like, go find Fletcher. So the guard goes off to get him. Now, this is actually on the lot, hmm. this where they filmed the laundry area. Hmm. Yeah, I was wondering, it looks like it. It, it is. We found it. <laughs> <laughs> Lots of internet searches. So Amanda pulls up, and then, isn't this weird? There's a telephone booth right by there, so she can call Billy. How fortuitous. There's a nice splice in there of her driving in Washington to so yes. driving back at the laundry again a lot. <laughs> I know. They use that lot that uh, that that footage a lot. Uh-huh. So she barely gets a call into Billy. Just, I love how she has to take off her big old earring. Uh-huh. And she calls and gets a hold of Billy and and tells him that she's followed Jean. But that's all she can get out because someone stops her. Yeah. Mr. Castile. Oops. Uh-oh. She always gets caught when she's talking on the phone. Remember in... She um, to be more observant. In the uh, If Thoughts Could Kill. Oh, that one doctor gets her. out. She put in two dimes. She put in two dimes. I was watching her to see how much it was back then. It was 20 cents. Isn't that funny? So Fletcher comes back like, hey, what's going on, everybody? He's like, short day. He goes, yeah, you might say. Just hand over the crystals now, huh? He's like, what crystals? What, what's going on, man? And then he like grabs Mallory by the throat. He goes, do you know what this is? And Lee's like, no, do you know what this is? She's like, it's unstable HCL. <laughs> okay, Jen, I have to ask. When he throws the HCL and it goes on the floor, one, wouldn't the fumes be poisonous to people? Well, the only time it would really do that is if there was like water on the floor. Because it would have to react to release oxygen and gas, mm-hmm. some hydrogen gas. So it's not really realistic. First, and all it would really do is burn her. It wouldn't do that big. Because it does like this yeah, whole it smoke has to react thing. To something, and there's nothing on the floor. Okay. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, because like he's like standing there, and and all those fumes are going up, and I was like, dude, I don't know <laughs> if you should be breathing that in, like. Yes, that would be a bad thing, but you wouldn't necessarily get HCL gas unless, I mean, one, I don't think that would happen at room temperature, and two, it has to react with something else. It's an acid, right? So it has to react with something to okay. um, liberate usually oxygen and other stuff. So it didn't, there's nothing on the floor. Hmm. It's basically just going to burn somebody really bad. Ouch. <laughs> okay. Because he's, like, standing on it. He, like, moves right there and he stands on it. And then it's, like, the fumes are, like, coming up. He's, like, uh, don't breathe that, that, dude. (laughs) That's funny. So he throws it. But Mrs. Lee, thank goodness, because who would want that fine specimen to be ruined? I know, you get burned, man. Yeah. Chemical burn. Yeah. So he ends up tossing it at Lee, misses, and then goes and grabs the axe. Dude, the guy's got a gun, and the guard there has a gun, too. It's like, hello? What are you thinking? Desperate. So they get him to put it down and explain what happened. He's like, nothing personal. And then Lee's just standing there in the smoke. It's all like... Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) So funny. I love it. She, she goes, <laughs> Mallory goes, <laughs> she goes, Leonard, I just don't understand. He goes, who cares, Ann? Who really cares? <laughs> it reminds me of when Amanda was um, with, in, hold on, wait for it. 
when she was accused stem of, uh, not stem winder spider web yeah yeah and and she goes i have to ask and she goes oh please sp- spare me the wise remember that lady <laughs> her whole tone gets like just indignant it's kind of like that who cares Anne? <laughs> So they take Fletcher away, and now they just have to deal with trying to locate the crystals and now deal try and find Amanda as well. So Amanda had mentioned that she followed Jean from the protest, and then she was cut off. So Billy then looked up Jean and found out she owned the laundry service, uh, a laundromat, and it's and Lee says, oh, well, they service the lab. And so he figures out how they would have done it. And now he's headed that way, thank goodness, because Amanda's about to be pressed and... Uh, steamed. Steamed, thank you. <laughs> Hopefully they don't use extra starch. Yes. So Castile has, is back at the laundry now, and he's found the, the crystals, the X-12 crystals. Well, Jean has found the crystals. Mm-hmm. And Robert has found Amanda. And she's like, what's going on? <laughs> Then he finds the steamer and has like an erotic. Yeah, what was that? That was so weird. <laughs> that was so weird. And dude, why do guys put the guns in their pot in their front in thing their right front. right by their pee pee? Because they would want to die. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I mean that. I don't know. That gun could go off and then Captain Hoo Hoo is in trouble. <laughs> I know, suppose people put it in the back, you know. Yeah, at least your butt, you just, I mean, at least you just lost your butt, but yeah. I wouldn't want to lose my... Okay, I don't know, for sure. There's so many that don't have any butts at all, basically. Yeah. It's because he's looking longly at a steamer, and he's got to get over there. Quickly. Yeah, what is that? It's so weird. <laughs> Maybe he's using the, the gun to distract from his oh. stimuli of the steamer. You think so? Okay. You think he's got a, a woody? Yeah, for the steamer. For the steamer. <laughs> that is, it is um, very erotic though for him. You can yeah. tell it's like uh, bringing him back. Yep. Maybe, maybe that's where he lost his virginity or something. <laughs> I don't know because it's definitely bringing back some sexual <laughs> memories for him. Yeah. It's true though. It's actually, violent memories. He's just like yeah, pushing down real hard. He's just like oh, the steam. And he's like, there's a fine art to pressing. Material has to got to be tight corners down shoving this shoving the steam that's so weird and amanda's got her eyes like wide like what the the steam is hot so hot very hot oh my goodness he's like i like the heat amanda looks like she's watching some guy like some guy whack off or something No, because no. this one ha- doesn't this have. This wasn't the laundry mat. Um, this okay. In the like in the final draft, so the revised final draft, I think it was in there, but I didn't go through that extensively. Um, the final draft, the big showdown was uh, literally at one of the busiest intersections in D.C. Apparently, and um, the women were linking arms to stop the truck. So, oh. Yeah. Okay. Or well, maybe this was just some ad lib, you know. I really like steam. I'm just going for it. Yeah, that was very <laughs> dramatic. Yes. He's like, I gave you what you wanted. She goes, What I wanted. He goes, A little romance, a little excitement, a little steam, <laughs> <laughs> a little tenderness. Women need love. 
and I need money. It's been a marvelous marriage. And then he, she goes, how could I have loved you? He's like, good question. <laughs> he goes, where are you going? She, she's like, I'm out of here. And then she goes, then Mrs. King will die. She's like, ah. And the man was like, ah, oh, snap. <laughs> All right. So lead to the rescue. Poor Amanda's. Drama, tying her up to the I know. Floor. She's going to get I mean, pulled and I mean, she's going to be <laughs> hanging there. I wanted to see her go up enough so that we could see her hang. Oh, oh wow. Her. You guys are psychotic, man. He was probably like, no hanging by yeah. my hands. I, uh, <laughs> let's uh, make it very long trip so that Lee gets there in time and I don't have to hang. Uh, and then he like eats uh, Jean's face again. Yeah. He said he's going to miss her. And then he goes, great mouth. <laughs> Well, he just got all worked up from the steam. Yeah. <laughs> He's got her, like, hogtied. Yeah. Amanda's very quiet. She's like, you can't leave her. Get out of that. I know. And she doesn't seem to be trying. She's about to go use her mouth, I think. But, but I guess when you're hang- your hands are hanging there, it's probably making it tight, so you probably can't get it. Yeah. So Lee, thank goodness, shows up. He's a little slow, but, I mean, he at least is there. Tri-County Laundry. <laughs> I love it. Amanda's like, oh, no. He's like, Amanda. So he, luckily he gets her before she gets uh, pressed. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then they're after uh, trying to find him so they can get Jean back. And I love this. There's a lot of hand holding here. He carries the gun in his right hand while he's holding her hand. And then he switches it. It's cute. So Amanda goes around the other side to distract him. And so Lee starts talking to him. And uh, he's... They're talking about when they had last seen each other and he was trying to kill him back then. And he said he should have finished the job. He's like, did you see Amanda? She had a pressing engagement. <laughs> so punny. And then he gets steam going so then he can run off and, and not, uh, Lee not see him. Plus he probably got a yep. bit of a kick from that too. Ooh, how did that not hit him? It went like right through him. So now he's using Gene as a human shield because, you know, he's such a cool man. <laughs> He has Lee get rid of his gun in the tub. Get rid of your rubber gun. So Amanda comes up behind and he th- gets rid of Gene. Uh, and then Amanda uses the uh, sheet to cover him up. So that gives Lee an uh, opportunity to kick his butt yep. in which he does. Now, how was Amanda going to explain this to her neighbor? Good question. Because, you know, you could say, oh, well, we just got, you know, stuck in this. And I guess I'm just naturally, you know, just kind of came, you know, instincts kicked in. Do you think Jean wants everyone in the neighborhood to know that she was had by a criminal? Yeah. The secret. Yeah, I guess. But Amanda could probably be involved without her being suspicious. Right. Until Lee says, thanks, partner. Exactly. In front of Jean. It's kind of bad. But I I think she definitely would keep the secret. She doesn't want anybody to know that she was sleeping with an international arms seller. True. Uh, and not to be outdone with the puns, Lee says, yeah. this should clean up his act, huh? Mm-hmm. They, they did have him say a pun in the other version, too. Oh, what um, was it? Because it was a car chase. And so Lee says, that's life in the fast lane. You know, so they just said this person. El Chizo. El Chizo. That's funny. Yeah. Um, so they take Castile out and uh, all's well. It ends well, I guess. And then I've never heard, you never hear Amanda yelling at the boys like she is in this uh, last tag here. She's like, what did you say? And they're like, no, mom. Yes, mom. (laughs) They, they look thoroughly chagrined, man. 
they are covered from head to toe in that goo. And that volcano looks like it had a nice eruption. Yeah. <laughs> Look at it. It's everywhere. It's even in the blinds. Yeah. Did you see it in the blinds? I wonder what they use because. I know. Yeah, that's not standard. It looks like mud. It looks like mud. Yeah. <laughs> that's so funny. They used some plastic on that bad boy. Ugh. Mm-hmm. Yeah, right? There's that bread box. Yeah. <laughs> so Lee pops up in the window Let's right behind. It. No, it's not the same one. There's yellow kidding. flowers. Do <laughs> you see? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that jacket's awful. I don't like that jacket. Too much brown. Look at all that brown. Those were big in the 80s, though. Remember that? Brown corduroys and then the that leather jacket. It's just those jackets. Yeah, they were. Them. So Amanda brings out the volcano to get, you know, to dump it uh, in the trash. And now... Lee's letting her know that uh, the lab technicians found a way to neutralize the crystals. So all is well, ends well on that. And then he lets her know that, oh, and he gives her, looks like spatula, tongs, uh, like a combination t- tongs and uh, and spatula. Hmm. And uh, he must have bar- borrowed from her. He was barbecuing, I guess, when he was at his own little place. Hmm. Maybe he made her dinner. Uh, oh, another good storyline. Go. very nice and then uh he he asks if uh, the mothers from from a, for a safe environment know about the volcano and she's like yeah she shoves it at him and tells him he's like Ew. not the best tag but it's cute it's cute it's cute um, it ends the it ends the season well yeah. i like when he pops up in the window i know yeah. you never know what could be popping up yeah <laughs> so cute very cute and that ends the season. Oh, wow. <gasps> the too. That is all she wrote on that one. Mm-hmm. Not one of my favorites. I the cringy moment uh, is painful for me. I'm yeah. gonna just say that right now. But it was it was cute. They had some cute moments in it. Mm-hmm. He calls her partner, so that's you know you gotta like that. Yeah. Okay, so we have one other script. It's an unfilmed script. It's called Toys for Sale, and it was written by George Lee Marshall. And I don't believe we've heard uh, or read anything from him, any scripts from him up to this point. I don't recognize the name. Yeah, I didn't either. Uh, And this is a first draft. It's in pretty good shape for a first draft, actually, and it's dated May 10th of 84. So this is right before they went to Europe for the Mm -hmm. summer. So, yeah, this is right before they went. So this is at the end of season one, but they've already filmed season one. So it has to be season two, you know, uh, intended for season two. Yeah, just just though by the the characterization, it feels like season one episode. Yes! I was hoping you were going to say that because I felt the same way. I I, I was telling Lexi, I'm like, this is not, I don't know if this person actually knows the show because it's not, it's not them. No, I, it, it, it feels like it was something prior to anything ever being aired. Like, yes, it sort of has some of the same feel as maybe the first couple of episodes. Mm-hmm. But they hadn't really fleshed out the characters. Yeah, it's that frustration, Lee's mm-hmm. um, impatience and frustration with Amanda. Amanda, like, goofy, awkward, yeah. awkwardness and things like that. And, yeah, exactly. Well, do you guys know why he, they was it filmed? Is, it, yeah. is there any history on it? Or no, I think um, there's a couple reasons which we can ex- elaborate on. I think as we talk, one reason I'm glad they didn't. They have Amanda saying, "Oh my golly!" <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Excuse me. Oh my golly, G. 
That would have been updated, I'm sure. Yeah. Oh my golly, gee. Yeah. And then, then it starts with Amanda and the boys at school at the boys' school, and they are there for like um, open house, and you know, it's it's this is a heavily centered centered around heavily centered around the boys, for sure. Yeah. And even more so Jamie than than Philip, but I think it had some good merits to it for sure but i also think there was some it just wasn't fleshed out enough which it is a first draft yeah the the plot itself like the what they're looking for and how they find the clues and everything yeah was not very smooth like right it was it was more like an outline of what you would do in a spy show than actually having the details of right how you're going to go from one scene to the next scene mm-hmm. though the, i mean it was a fully fleshed out script yes wrong. right the plot itself had a lot of holes. It was like the person wrote it after watching one episode. Yeah, exactly. I mean, he has Dottie's name as D-O-T-T-I-E instead of Y. That's one thing, which is obnoxious. <laughs> and then just the Amanda's, like, awkwardness and naivete and Lee's impatience with her is, like, exaggerated on all of those areas. Um, then, oh my gosh, I cringe. They, in one scene, Lee says, look, Amanda, we know the man was an Oriental, don't we? I'm like, oh, God, I don't... Oriental is for items, not for people. Like, don't yeah, do that. There was, there was a couple of cringe yes. phrases in there. Like yes, that. Arabian Nights. <laughs> Yes. Oh, my God. Well, then um, later in that same scene, uh, in the same section with the Oriental comment, Lee says, what about single mothers? We can eliminate them, too, as, you know, kind of eliminate them from the list. And Amanda goes, maybe, Lee, can we use the word exclude instead? I'm a single mother, and the thought of being, you know, eliminated Eliminated. doesn't do much for my ego. (laughs) Yeah, and in that same scene, so it's still going, um, Amanda says, yes, but Jamie, he doesn't know the risk. And if he didn't take, if he hadn't taken the typing from my sewing room, then Dmitry Zemstov's uh, wouldn't be in trouble now. He goes, Amanda, this is not Jamie's fault. She goes, I know that. I just want all of you to know that Jamie's a wonderful boy. I mean, he's brave, he's courteous, he's loyal to a fault. He goes, Amanda, before you start... Um, touting the Boy Scout motto, he goes, you don't have to sell us on him. It was really cute. I could just see uh, Jamie just getting yeah. all puffed up, you know. <laughs> and then there's uh, some, ugh, this one kills me. So in the, in the script, they have uh, Lee taking Amanda to the Bulgarian embassy to a party. And so she shows up and much like in um, service above and beyond, she shows up and she's like, Oh, do I look all right? You know, kind of thing. Well, she says, I guess I should have known. I mean, tonight my, my being invited, I knew it wasn't really a date. And he's just like, not really, he's searching for the, his guy and not really paying attention. She goes business. He goes business, Amanda, nothing personal. She goes, sure. I mean, heck it's only once every five years. I go out and buy an original De La Renta black cashmere cardigan and a white silk skirt and and the hairdo. What's 97.50 plus tip when your name's your last name's Rockefeller? And he <laughs> he realizes his mistake and comes around and he goes, "You're taking this personal, you know." She says, 
Yes, well, maybe a little. He goes, Amanda, you look wonderful. She goes, you don't have to say that. He goes, no, I want to say it, really. You look, catching himself, pleasingly, pleasingly attractive. She goes, thank you. You look quite handsome yourself. It's like, really, dude? Could you? Is it killing you to say anything? And then and later in the script, it mentions that there's two distinguished generals uh, in uniform discreetly salivating at the sight of Amanda. <laughs> So apparently he thought, they thought she was uh, attractive, but not Lee. Lee thought she was attractive. He's just too chicken to say. Exactly. He doesn't want her to get the wrong idea. Yeah. That's why, that's why I mean, it, like, that feels completely like season one Lee. Like, he hasn't even gotten to the point where he's comfortable enough to speak with her normally. Mm-hmm. Now, there's one part, and I've never um, highlighted and then put three exclamation points after it ever before, but I had to on this one. Mm-hmm. So Lee and Amanda are talking, and Miles, uh, Amanda smiles, and he says, did I say something? I say something funny, and she says, a moment ago, when you said us, I don't know, it almost sounded like, you know, we were kind of partners. And he, very businesslike, he says, Partners is fine, Amanda, just as long as we remember our roles. I play spy, and you play damsel in distress. Damsel in distress stays in the car, right? Yeah. Does damsel (laughs) in distress mean I stay in the car? Every time. I'm like, what? Dude! She has saved your butt more times than you can count, sir. Yeah, no, I, I, I didn't highlight it with exclamation points, but I rolled my eyes. Yeah, I mean, give me a break. Anyways... It was um, an interesting script. Um, I think I'll, I think I have it on my site, and if not, I will by the time this airs, anyways. But I did like the Jamie and Amanda scene. I thought actually there's two. There's of them. a couple of them. Yeah, they're very sweet. She's always um, had that motherly instinct with the boys, especially. I think she has a closer bond with with Greg's character. You know, the baby. Yeah. Like that with the baby the baby of the family mm-hmm. yeah it was it's a cute script it had uh, it, it it's hard to judge it because it is a first draft and you know they go through so much uh, yeah, changes, changes throughout the time so yeah it's hard to yeah. gauge what it could have been fully fleshed the actual, yeah the actual spy part of the show is of this episode you know this script is the part that i had the most issue with like there are a few scenes that are cringeworthy, yeah. but for the most part, like, the scenes with her and the family are good, um, and so it, it's, it's a fun script to read, at yeah. the very least, I would totally recommend reading it, even though, you know. Yeah, it's like reading not. fanfic, I mean, honestly. Yeah, exactly. Where somebody's just slightly off character, you know? Yeah, it was good, though. Yeah. Fun to read. Yeah, Okay. So it's time for Dottie's Bookshelf, where we'll give you recommendations for a couple of fan fictions that tie into this episode, Vigilante Mothers. The first one is called Vigilante Housewife, written by Beth J. in December of 2000, and it's a little over 7,000 words. It's an AU alternate universe story that plays with the idea that there was only one man in in the red hat uh, on that faithful day in October of 83. And would that just mean just a brief encounter for Lee and Amanda? Heck no, not with this author. So um, it actually ties into Vigilante Mothers, and uh, it's a fun read. So that one's available for you. And the second one is written by Clag Janet in September of 2015. It's about 3,800 words, and it is called We Could Go to Dinner. So the good thing about 
these cringeworthy moments like we had in this episode is that there's always fanfic that can write those cringeworthy moments and make them less cringy. So that's what Janet did with the moment in Billy's office when Lee is asking if the house down the street is still available and Amanda replies that they could go to dinner, that he doesn't have to move in. Yeah, ugh. Amanda, no, just don't, you know. And that is one way to fix the cringy moments is to uh, write it differently. So that's what this author did. So we'll we'll post both of these links on our website, as always, at mkcpodcast.com. And you can also find them both on fanfiction.net. Okay. Ernie the Camera brings you the video vault for Vigilante Mothers, the last episode of season two. Yay! Or <laughs> boo, because I really like season two. <laughs> The first video is set to the song Troublemaker by Ollie Nurse. Like several season two episodes, Amanda is our very favorite troublemaker. And Vigilante Mothers is no exception. As she finds herself in the middle of a neighborhood terrorist attack and almost steamed to death in the laundry. This is a great video. It was put together by Moxie's SNK Bids. The second video is dedication to season two. It is set to the song Acts of Courage by X-Ray Dog, and the video was put together by Love SMK. This is a perfect song highlighting the courage Amanda had in season two, and through it you can see just how much she learned and how far she came. It's actually a very good summary of season two, I think, the spirit of it, scenes from it. And the third video is also by Moxie's SMK Bids, and it's based on the song One Thing Leads to Another by The Fix. It's a great summary of seasons one and two, this is a perfect 80s song for Lee and Amanda, and the creator took all the episodes of seasons one and two in broadcast order. So enjoy this review of all the fun we've had so far. This sets us up perfectly for season three. These videos can be found on YouTube, and we provide links on our website at mkcpodcast.com. Awesome. That is it for us, folks, for season two. We are officially halfway done with the show. We want to take a moment to thank our very faithful listeners that have been with us through the trials and tribulations that come with doing a podcast. We hope it's been worth it for you. I can tell you we've enjoyed it immensely. We hope you'll join us next time when we embark on the wonderful near-miss kisses, secret looks, and longing touches. That is Season 3. Till next time, bye! Bye! Bye!